Welcome to the Seven Hills Church Podcast with Marcus Mika. We're excited you're here listening as Pastor Marcus is about to bring an incredible teaching that is sure to inspire, motivate, and lift you up. You can visit us on our website at sevenhillschurch.tv or download our free Seven Hills Church app to watch or listen to more exclusive content. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed the message. Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, and uh, I have not preached this message to the other services. Um, I had to shift gears just for you. How about that? So you get something that they did not get. That means nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, Verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I'm going to look at that one more time. Two things happen in this one verse. Two two you shalls or you wills. And it is, number one, you'll receive power. And number two, you will be my witness. It says Jerusalem, which is your home base. Jerusalem is your family, your friends, your church, your city, Judea, your region, the nation, uttermost parts, that's the other countries around the world. I want to talk to you today on this verse about how it's the real thing. I want to use the company of Coca-Cola to maybe talk to you a little bit about being a witness in the uttermost parts of the earth. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, what could Coke possibly have to do with the things of God? What could possibly be spiritual about a soft drink? And I want to remind you of Jeremiah chapter 18 when God told the prophet. He said, I want you to go down to the potter's house And when you get there, I want you to observe it. I want you to study it. I want you to look at the potter. And I want you to look at this particular business. And as you look at it, I'm going to talk to you about spiritual things. And I could imagine Jeremiah thinking to himself, well, surely if you want to talk to me about spiritual things, you're going to send me to watch angels or, you know, you're going to... To, to send me into the third heaven somehow where I'll experience, you know, uh, spiritual things. But, but the Bible here says God's like, no, I'm going to teach you about spiritual things. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to take you down to the potter's house. And now for thousands of years, people have preached based upon that experience that Jeremiah had with a secular business. They've preached about broken vessels and they preached about how God can restore broken lives. God took a secular situation and he turned it into a spiritual truth. Matthew chapter 13 verse 34 the Bible says Jesus didn't say anything without speaking in parables. Jesus was the most creative teacher and preacher that's ever walked the planet. He spoke on hillsides, boats, and beaches. He would use illustrations by riding in the sand, 
pulling out a Roman coin, pointing at the fig tree, looking at bread, taking a young boy's lunch box, throwing tables, putting a child on his knee, all to illustrate important spiritual truths. Jesus never used the same approach twice. He was constantly looking around at things that he could grab a hold of to teach the people that he was talking to spiritual truths. So a few things that we know about Coca-Cola, it's the number one, it's the largest bottling company in the world. You could sum up their goal and their mission statement in one sentence that our existence is for one thing. And if you're a Pepsi lover here, don't turn me off. (laughs) That our existence is for one thing to put Coke in the hand of every man on the face of the earth. Their motto to their leaders and employees is a Coke in the hand of every man. In 1998, when they were having a meeting to discuss this, they were looking at the fact that they were serving every day 773 million people every day. 773 million people were drinking a Coke product in 195 nations of the world. Think about that. And on this particular meeting in 1998, they said all we're doing is serving 773 million people a day the only far, the furthest our reach is, is 195 nations of the world. And the bottom line of the meeting is that is pathetic. We're doing a terrible job. We're failing, was the point of the meeting. Because they said our goal is to put a Coke in the hand of every man. And so they made a vow in that meeting to reach the entire world with a soft drink. I thought if that's what the business world can do, if they can have enough conviction in their hearts to reach the entire world with a soft drink, how much more should the church be inspired and driven and motivated to reach the world with the message and the hope of Jesus? Here's a soft drink company that believes that they can reach every man, every woman, every child on the face of the earth with their product. What caused this meeting was they ran the statistics. They found out that Pepsi was getting into third world countries quicker than they were. And they said, we're the real thing. In other words, they believe that Pepsi is a false cola. So they sparked an emergency corporate meeting. They said, we've got to change something. How dare the artificial be more more motivated to spread and advance than the real thing is being motivated to spread and advance. And I don't know about you, but I've tried a lot of things. The reason I'm standing up here preaching is not because there's nothing else I would want to do with my life. It's because I tried a lot of things before Christ. I know I look good. I know God's cleaned me up good. But there were a day I looked at everything that this world had to offer. And every time, no matter what I looked into, it came up empty. And I found that the world has a lot to offer, but in the end it is artificial, it is fake, and that there is a real thing. And that's why we're here to talk about the real thing. I'm thankful that the message, I'm thankful that the real thing found me in a lunchroom at my high school when I was 16 years old. I'm thankful that somebody didn't hold it back. I'm thankful that somebody didn't didn't say, no, it, 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 you know, there, 
I'm thankful that someone said we've got to do what we can do to get the message of Jesus into that high school. And I still believe the command of every Christian is to receive power. You shall receive power is what the Bible says. For what? Just so we can have the Holy Spirit? Just so we can be full of God? No, it's so you can be a witness and go into all the world that every man, every woman, every child, every person walking the face of this planet deserves the right to receive the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. Every single person deserves it. And if you've received it, you don't hang on to it. You go and you give it. The second thing that they said was that we exist to create a value for our shareholders on a long-term building base that will enhance the Coca-Cola trademark. They were passionate about the Coca-Cola trademark. And I believe that we have the greatest trademark in the world. And his name is Jesus. And the last time I checked, we still believe that this book is good news. And last time I checked, we still believe that Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that he came into this world that we might be forgiven and set free. Last time I checked, we still believe that the reason that the Holy Spirit comes on you and endues you with power from on high is so that you and I can go and take what God has given us and spread it into the world. That the church is about more than showing up and spectating and sitting in a seat. That the church is about coming, rallying, getting together, unifying together, and do what we can do to talk about a compassionate, loving God. It's our trademark. It should be in our heart to get it to every living person on the planet. The third thing that they talked about in this meeting was their mission. Their mission was to refresh the world with their superior product. Isn't that amazing? They didn't have to bring up Pepsi. They didn't have to mention another brand. They didn't say, well, what about this thing over there? And what about that thing over there? They believe that if anyone tastes their product first, they'll always come back for the superior product. And if you ever taste and truly taste, if you ever taste and see the goodness of God. If you've ever tasted and seen His goodness, His mercy, His grace, if you've ever experienced the love of God in a real way that, that is all-encompassing, if you've ever experienced the kind of love of God that Paul talked about where he, he said, I'm trying to figure out if there's a place that's too deep that the love of God can't reach or is there a place that's too high that the love of God can't reach or is there a place that's too wide that's outside of his reach and the response of Paul the apostle is not depth not height not breadth not width nothing can separate us from the love of our God and if you've ever experienced that kind of love you can never go back to anything Jesus is superior he is the greatest He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And our job is to get him into the hearts of people. There's a man that was hanging out in the hills of Kentucky. And he wanted to learn to play the guitar. So he decided to go out and buy a guitar. 
He didn't know anything about music. But he joined a little country church band. And all they had in this band was eight guitars. No drums, just eight guitars. And he would grab the neck of the guitar and he would hold it in one place and he would start to strum it. And all the other guitar players, they would be moving their hands and their fingers up and down the neck of the guitar. They would be changing chords as the song changed. But he would grab that guitar in one place and he would strum. Every time they had church, he would grab his guitar, hold it in that one place, and he would strum over and over and over the exact same note. And his wife finally said to him, you know, I've noticed that all the other guys in the band, they move their fingers up and down the neck. And as the song changes, they change their note. But when you grab the guitar, you hold it in one place and you never move it. And he said, you want to know what the difference is, baby? She said, I sure would. He said, I found it and they're still searching for it. I'm not making light of the idea that I found it and others are still searching for it. That I've experienced the real thing and his name is Jesus. He is the answer to every hurt, every pain, every struggle, every every place that you've ever been. You need to know that there is a one that can touch you. If you'll taste him, you'll find out that he is good. The fourth thing that they talked about was that there was a special ingredient inside a Coke. As a matter of fact, competitors all over the world have used their scientific minds to try to discover what makes Coke so different. They say that they have a mystery ingredient that makes it different. That that's what gives it a mysterious taste. It's unexplainable, but it's unmistakable when you taste it. There's something that makes it distinct. And there is something about a relationship with God that is distinct. It's hard to explain that I can listen to other music and I can listen to singers and I can listen to all kinds of things in this world. But there's just something about singing about the name of Jesus that's different. I can hear motivational preachers. I can watch TED Talks. I can read secular business books and leadership books, and it's good. But there's just something about opening up this book and reading about Jesus and his life and and his heart and his love for people. That is different. There's just something, no matter what you seek, You can try to chase money and finances. You can try to chase fame or the things of this world. But in the end, they never satisfy the way Jesus satisfies. There's a mystery taste to it. There's a mystery ingredient to it. It's it's what makes him unique. And it's called the grace of God. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. But his grace is the special ingredient that makes him so wonderful and so good. Number five, I'm almost done. Is they said in this meeting to fulfill their goal, they needed to have the world's most persuasive distribution system. They said, we've got to get the real thing to every person in such a way that they cannot duplicate it 
And we have to distribute it. I like this because not only did they have a product, they had a plan on how to get it out. Think about it with me. Different shapes, different sizes, different containers, different methods. But it's got the same stuff on the inside. And this is where church folks mess things up. I've done this for a long time. And what happens in church is the can man comes along. And he says, this is the way church should be. This is the way you should preach. And this is the way you should sing songs. And this is the way your building should be. And this is the only way to do it. You got you to can up religion. And then the bottle man speaks up. And the bottle man says, wait a minute. You're the compromiser. I was the first one. I'm the original container. Bless God, back in 1943, Grandma gave me this right here. And it was a Coke in a glass bottle. And any other way of doing it is compromising. And what they did is they came along and they compromised the real thing. And they gave it to you, Mr. Can Man. And now, now it's like you. And then the plastic bottle man comes up. And the plastic bottle man says, I'm the new way. You have to do it like I do it. Can't you tell that I'm a better way? You can't break me. If you drop me, I'm fine. We're better. If, you, if I fall, I bounce back. I wish the church could get as wise as a, a Coke distributing company. As understanding as we are, I think we should more and more say it does not matter how you get it out. It doesn't matter if it's in a can, in a glass bottle, in a plastic bottle. It's what's on the inside that counts. It's not how it's presented. Our job is to get the message into the hand of every man. I think God's exhausted with one dimensional people. I don't think there's anything wrong with with doing things one way or another. The Bible says that it's different gifts, different approaches, different strengths, but the same spirit. What matters is what's on the inside of it. It's Jesus and his love being preached. Number eight. In this meeting, they said our people are ultimately responsible for building our enterprise. They said... If we're going to get this done, only Coca-Cola folks are going to get it done. This is a powerful thought. Everything this church does or does not do is up to the people in this room right now. Bill Gates is never going to write a billion dollar check to Seven Hills Church. And say, I want you to spread the gospel all over the world. Hollywood's never going to come in and say, you know what? I'm going to make sure that we teach the next generation about the love and the grace of God. We are ultimately responsible. Every person in this room, it goes no further than you. It doesn't go any further than the seat that you're sitting in. Right there, you and I. We are responsible. If we're going to get the message into our city and into our community, no one else is going to do it but us. 
And at some point, the church has got to make the decision. We don't want somebody else to do it. We're not looking for someone else to do it. We're not going to come and say it's someone else's job. It's someone else's response. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take up my cross. I'm going to bear it daily. I'm going to look at my personal responsibility inside of spreading the gospel of Jesus. The Bible says nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. They believe this principle at Coca-Cola. They believe this for a soft drink. And we, we so often don't believe it when it comes to the one who saved us and delivered us and has given us eternal life. Acts chapter 19 and verse 10 says they all dwelled, all that dwelled in Asia heard the word in the space of two years. An entire nation heard the gospel in two years. No satellites, no printing press, no TVs, no cell phones, no airplanes, but they turned a whole nation around. It's because someone said his last command will be my first desire. I was telling Michael before we came up, I said, you know, as a pastor, your job is to keep taking the church back to what we're supposed to be about. And it's the hardest thing because you know everybody wants you to get on to other things, right? The deep things, the more important things. I said, but as a pastor, you got to keep the church on its original purpose. That Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. And it doesn't, doesn't get any grander. It doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any more significant. It doesn't get any deeper. It doesn't get any more spiritual. You don't become more holy. At the end of the day, we have the real thing. And our job is to do everything we can to get it into the hand of every man, woman, and child. That's our job. That's our assignment, to go into all the world and make disciples. That's our assignment. And the amazing thing about this beautiful thing that we've been given is there are times of the year that I have watched over, this will be my 14th Easter here, and my 26th or 7th Easter, being a Christian. And I've watched it. It's almost like God gives us a little space where he pushes back the enemy. It's, it's like the darkness has moved back off of people's lives a little bit. And the church can experience what it was really. It's, like, it's almost like God lets you have a glimpse of, of your potential for a moment. It's almost like God says, you know what, one time a year I'm going to let the devil know He's got to take his hand off people. And that's why it's the rare times like this that we have to get back and say, you know what? The world's not stopping. The devil's not stopping. He's still trying to still kill and destroy people. Anybody know someone right now that's broken in addiction? Anybody know someone whose family's being ripped apart? The enemy's not slowing down. He's not pulling punches. He's not trying to figure out how can we, you know, I don't want to be inconvenienced. He doesn't care. And we have to be more determined than ever to say, God, use us. Use us to be witnesses in all the world. 
You know, I was, uh, got an email from um, Aaron, Jake, Jake and Aaron, our children's pastors. And, uh, you know, we, we never ask for volunteers here. And I'm not asking for one right now, honestly. I'm, that's not what I'm doing because we have a system in place that, I don't know if you've ever been in churches. I think we did this the first few years maybe where you get up and like three or four times a year, you, you got to volunteer, please volunteer. And we don't do that anymore because we just kind of have the systems in place that, that allow people to find their gifts and their talents and, and can utilize those gifts and those talents as to, to, to fulfill their purpose and building the kingdom. And that's, that's our job is to, to work on that and continually create a way that that's always happening and, and, and we feel like we, we do an okay job with that. And it's not because we need volunteers. It's because you need to be using your gifts. It's, be, it's not what you can do for us. It's about what it does for you. And we work really hard on that. And I, I saw this email and it just was talking about how they have this Easter egg experience over at Florence Freedom, Easter egg experience over at Florence Freedom, and that they need all these different types of volunteers. And I, in my mind, I was like, I wonder, I wonder if Seven Hills lost it. I wonder if we've forgotten that times like Easter, that's not attend time, that's harvest time. It's always been that way for us. That's when we roll up our sleeves and get to work. That's what we do. We don't worry about what kind of dinner we're going to have on Easter Sunday, what kind of shirt we're going to wear and tie we're going to wear, how good we're going to look. No, this is our time of the year where we populate heaven and empty hell. This is our time where we say, put me in the game, coach. I want to be a part. I'm, I, I've got the real thing. And now we have this opportunity to get that real thing to others. It's always when, and in my mind, I was like, man, we should, we should be trying to beat people away from saying, I want to, all these kids and families who don't know God being able to be there and see a kind face and a loving person and, and a gracious experience and the generosity of God's people. I mean, what a beautiful time we have to be the body of Christ when they come onto this campus from the parking lots into the lobbies, into our kids' area. What a beautiful time. I'm just encouraging this church to this time of year, take one service and show up and attend with your family. Take at least another service or two and say, I'm going to serve. Take another service and say, I'm going to bring a friend or another two service. Say, I'm going to bring somebody, not invite them, bring them, grab them, have them come to my house, jump in my car. Let's go out to eat afterwards. I'm going to bring somebody. I'm going to do my job to not just receive the power, but go out and be a witness of God's goodness to others in Jesus name.